Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. you 
Well, actually, to be honest, if you're a school, you'd be taught to step out of the way. But imagine <laughs> you didn't step out of the way, and the car's coming at about 20 miles an hour, and you started running at 10 miles an hour. You were taught that that car would be bearing down on you at... 10 miles, 10 miles an hour. Good, you can count. And that's called like um, cause and effect. That's Newton. It's A plus B equals C. We understand that you run at 10, the car goes at 20, you get hit at 10, it's still painful, but you'll be okay. That's what you know. However, if you're walking down the road and light comes behind you at 670 million miles an hour, which is the speed of light, and you ran at one mile an hour, 10 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, a million miles an hour, However fast you ran, light would still bear down on you at exactly the same pace. That's weird. That makes no sense. Albert Einstein discovered this in the 1950s. He bases his theory of relativity on it. And he says that when you look at the bigness of the universe, it stops obeying our rules. That the universe, it bends and it flexes and things move here and there simultaneously. But when you look at light, it just doesn't obey our rules. Uh, he describes the universe as a mystery. Probably the most intelligent man ever says the universe is mysterious. Do you ever stop and think about this stuff? It's weird. It's really weird. So we get our light from the sun. We also get 99% of our energy from that same sun. It's why you can see me right now. It's why we can survive. And the energy we get, we get at this exact amount because we're at 93 million miles away from the sun. Did you know that if we were at 92 million miles away, that energy would be too much for us. It would destroy all the life on this planet. If we were at 94 million miles away, there wouldn't be enough for energy for anything to survive and we'd freeze and die. But 93 million miles is the perfect distance for life to thrive on this planet. And then you start looking at this planet, and you think about the atmosphere. We have 21% of our atmosphere is oxygen. If there was 19%, no life. If there was 23%, no life. 21%, perfect life. You thought about that? It's crazy. In our solar system, our planet is completely unique. Because we spin, we rotate at 23.5 degrees. Every other planet spins like this at 0 degrees. And then there's us, like this, 23.5, doing this. Why do we do this? Well, scientists say if we didn't spin at this angle, if we spun at 0 degrees, what would happen is our planet would get tidally locked. And one half of the planet would always be facing the sun, and the other half of the planet would always be facing away, meaning that one half would get fried, and the other half would be too cold, and life could not exist. So why is it that we're spinning at this crazy angle? Well, they tell us an asteroid happened to be flying through space and it got caught up in the Earth's gravitational pull and it started spinning around us and it pulled us off our axis to 23.5 degrees. We call that the moon. With no moon, there's no life. 22 degrees, no life. 24 degrees, no life. 23.5 degrees, life. And you can look at statistic after statistic of these kind of things. Carbon levels, nitrogen, all of these little things that are like dials. And there are hundreds, and there are hundreds, and there are hundreds 
of these dials. And it, it doesn't matter what is on all the others if even one of those dials was off by so much as 1%, life would be impossible. What a weird ball of earth that we inhabit. Do you stop and think about it? It's weird, isn't it? It's crazy. It's absolutely strange. The universe is about 10 to the power of 27 meters squared. This is what most scientists think. The smallest subatomic particle that we have discovered is 10 to the power of minus 26 meters squared. What that means is that if you take humans and you look at babies, toddlers, infants, adults, Vikings, the average size of a human is one meter squared. That means that when your friend is walking around saying that they're the greatest thing in the universe, they're the center of it all, they're right. Humans are the middle size of anything that we know. That's crazy. You're fascinating. You're absolutely fascinating. The fact that you can see me, the fact that you can hear me, your brain is doing all of these computations. There's a trillion computations every single second that your brain is making. That's more powerful than 400 of the world's most powerful supercomputers inside your head. And yet you still can't remember a phone number. <laughs> what is that all about? Every second, your body is reproducing itself. It's making more of you. Every second, about 10 million red blood cells. <laughs> and it raises the question, how does your body know to make more of you and not more of me, which would possibly be a better idea. I shouldn't have said that out loud. That wasn't in my notes. Um, and the answer is that if you take any one of these cells, there's six feet of DNA wrapped up and bundled inside each of your cells. Do you know if you laid that DNA out, it would create a bridge from the earth to the sun and back 400 times. You are hardwired to be you. To be exactly you. To be nothing but you. Do you ever stop and think about this? This is weird, right? This is crazy. You know, when I think about this, my head only goes to one place. It goes to God. The Bible tells us that we can't look at creation. We can't look at nature. We can't look at humans and not see God. And maybe this is where you actually check out. Maybe you were with me up until that point. You're like, well, I get it. You know, if Einstein says we can't understand the mystery of the universe, I'm with Einstein. And, and yeah, I know that we're weird and I don't get it all. But when you say God, so all of a sudden your brain just has all of these things that goes through it. Like maybe you think about holy wars. Or you think about lightning bolts. You think about suffering. Maybe you think about your mum who passed away. Maybe you think about cardigans and tea parties and bells ringing and choirs and ropes. Or maybe you think about this God who wants to control your life. Who wants to give you all of these commands and tell you how to live. But you know what? That's not the God in the Bible. None of those are. The God in the Bible isn't about what he can take from you. It's about what he can give to you. You know, you can read the 900 odd thousand words in the Bible and summarize them in three. It's a letter from God saying, I love you. 
So that whoever believed, that word whoever is crazy. Whoever. Whoever believed. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter the problems you've encountered. It says whoever believes doesn't need to perish but can have everlasting life. This is the story of Easter. Do you know, I used to think that I knew this. I used to think that I got this stuff. But then I had a kid. I had a son. And if I were to think about my son, like, crucified like that, that makes me feel sick. Like, that is horrifying. And the Bible tells us that God loves us so much that he would send his son to die for you and for me. Like, is there a greater love in the universe? The God that would do anything to restore us. You know, sometimes I read that and I'm just like, why? Why would you do that for me? I don't deserve that. I don't know you, but I'll be honest, I don't think you deserve it either. Why would you do that? It's because God loves you. He loves you that much. You know, Good Friday, the day Jesus died, was a day of despair. It was a day of darkness. And I sometimes wonder what the, the disciples would have been feeling the day after on the Saturday. Confusion. Doubt. But then Easter Sunday comes. And it's the day of new life. It's the day of resurrection. It's the day of joy. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what your week has been like. I don't know the road you've walked. I don't know how hard it is for you. You might be here. You might be looking at doing time in prison. You might be looking at divorce. You might be looking at bankruptcy. You might be looking at losing your loved ones. You might be looking at the darkest situations I could imagine. Maybe you're here and you've lost your hope. You've lost your peace. You've lost your joy. Do you know what? Easter Sunday is the day that it says it doesn't matter what happened on Friday. It doesn't matter how dark it was or what went wrong, but there is new life. There is new joy. It doesn't matter how bad it happened, that there is something better ahead. That God wants to bring you resurrection and new life. That's the story of Easter. The story of new life and new resurrection. And you know what Jesus says? He says you have a choice. He says, you can choose to have all of this. You can choose to have this new life. You can choose to turn your back on your old ways and choose to follow me. You know, in the Bible, they just, he describes this as, as like a marriage. That, that's how the Bible describes following Jesus. It's been like a marriage. It's like the most intimate metaphor. It's like Jesus is saying, you know what? Let's, let's forget about all of that. Let's forget about the past. Let's forget about the problems. If you just say yes, I want to love you. I want to spend eternity with you. He said, I came that you would know life and life to the full. Will you follow me? I'm going to ask LZ7 to come up. They're going to their track for us. Um, but as they do, I want you to stop and think. I want you to stop and reflect. Because there's a choice that Jesus is asking you to make. 
And when they finish, I'm going to ask you if you want to make it. And today could be the day that you make that decision. Today could be the best day of your life. And so they're going to come and play a song. And after that, I'm going to ask you, this Easter, do you want to make a choice which will change everything afterwards? Yeah. Now keep standing, guys. Stay on your feet. I thought that would be a nice reflective song for those of you who want in a moment to pause and think. <laughs> but the song tells the truth, which is why we wanted to do it. And do you know what? Easter should be fun, right? Yeah. yeah. And that song tells us these four points which we've been going on about every single week for the last four. That God really does love you. That Jesus really did die for you. Do you know what we've messed up? But he changed everything and now you've got a chance to have a choice. And maybe you're here today, you've never made that choice. Maybe you made it a long time ago, but when you look and you realize, you're like, I've just gone off, I'm nowhere there. I wanna say today is a day that you can draw a line in the sand and say, do you know what, today is going to be the day of your life. That's what Easter's about. That's why we have eggs. My son's like, why do we have eggs? Eggs are new life. Today is a day for you to have new life. So wherever you're standing, I just want to ask you, if you want to say today, I want to make that decision. I want to make that choice. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to count to three. And wherever you are, you're... You're going to stick your hand high so we can see you and we're going to give you the biggest round of applause that you have ever heard in your life because there's nothing that gets us more excited than people saying yes to Jesus. So one, God loves you. Two, every single one of us has fallen short. Three, Jesus died for you. If you want to say today, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus, just raise your hand right with me wherever you are. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.